The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International. And you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. I want to wish you all a belated happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a wonderful time with your friends, family, and hopefully you spent some time thanking God as well for everything that he's done for you because God has truly done so much for us. And we're going to continue to celebrate his goodness all the way through to the end of the year. Amen. And as I mentioned the end of the year, I want to remind you all of Sons of God International. We are holding the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints 2019 at Freedom Fellowship Church in San Antonio, Texas. It's going to be December 31st. You don't want to miss it. It's at 7 p.m. December 31st, Freedom Fellowship Church, and it's $25 per person. The theme for this year is that God is giving us 2020 vision in 2020. Now, that's exciting, isn't it? And God has prophetic words for us corporately and for you individually as well and so you don't want to miss this event you can go to our website sogmi.org and hit the events tab go to sogmi.org slash events and you can sign up for the prophetic gathering of the saints 2019 get registered today you don't want to miss it and so on the topic of thankfulness i think it's just so important to focus on the goodness of God. It's so important to just focus on who God is, on the love of God above your situation. Don't focus on your situation. Don't focus on your circumstances. Don't focus on your need. Because if you focus on God, on the love of God, on his goodness, if that's what you focus on, then you can trust in that. Because God is the most trustworthy, the most faithful the most reliable person in all of creation, in all of existence. And if you focus on that, then you stop worrying so much about your situation or your circumstances because you know, hey, God, you know what? You brought me to this situation. You gave me this calling. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the situations we've caused ourselves, but we know that if we turn to God, he is so faithful to get us out of that situation. I want to start today's message in the book of Matthew. And we know at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, before his ministry started, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And we all know the story, right? God spoke and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And this marked the beginning of Jesus' ministry where he was living his life normally. And then once he received that baptism, the anointing of God, came upon him, and that's when he would begin his ministry. But before his ministry started, right, so he received the anointing from the Holy Spirit, and God spoke, this is my son, in whom I am well pleased. So you'd think he'd go immediately and begin healing the sick. But no, the scripture says in Matthew 4, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And so this is the Holy Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness. This is not him wandering on his own. It says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, 
tell these stones to become bread, right? So he's preying on his ego, or he's trying to prey on his ego. Well, if you're the Son of God, if you're who you say you are, then prove it, right? So if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So here we have Satan quoting scriptures to Jesus. Isn't that funny? But this is why it's important to note, just because something's scriptural, per se, does not mean it's the will of God. Many people, in this case Satan, will take the scriptures and make it twisted and, and take portions of it, right, to suit their own purposes. So it's, that's why it's so important. It's not enough just to read the Bible, and I've said this before, it's not enough just to read the Bible. We have to read the Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe life into it, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us while we read the Scriptures. Because here we have Satan quoting the Bible to Jesus. So as I continue, Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. And then after Jesus left the wilderness, that's when he got his first disciples, that's when he began healing the sick, began performing many miracles and preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. But first, Jesus had to go through the wilderness. And why is this significant? So I want to go through each of these temptations that Jesus experienced, and we're going to see how this applies to us as believers. So Jesus, he had been in the wilderness for 40 days fasting, so he was so hungry so what is this first temptation that Satan brings before him? Well, if you're the Son of God, turn these stones into bread, right? So this first temptation that Jesus faced was one based on his physical needs, based on his needs in that situation at the time. And how often does it happen to us as Christians, right? We receive such a great word from God, right? The Holy Spirit touches us, moves in us, we get all of our goosebumps. And then right after that happens, right, we are faced with a situation of need, whether it be financial need, whether it be some kind of physical or emotional need. Suddenly, we are faced with a temptation to turn away from the things of God to satisfy our needs. Isn't that interesting? So Satan was saying, hey, Turn away from God's ways of doing things, right? Give in to pride. Give in to my ways of doing things. And I'll supply your needs. And so many Christians, they're so on fire for God, but as soon as they have a need, whether it be financial or anything like that, right? As soon as they have a need, they go back to their old ways of doing things. 
But this is just the first temptation that Jesus faced. And this is what's so important, and I'm going to build on this later. So the second temptation, Satan came before him, and he said, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, right? And God's going to catch you. And he's playing to pride. And many of these, the first two actually play to pride. And this is another thing that we as Christians need to be so careful about because before Jesus fulfilled his calling and began his ministry, he had to prove himself faithful against these temptations in the wilderness, right? So we as Christians, when we're presented with a need, we should not go back to the world's ways of doing things. We have to remain steadfast in the ways of God. When people try to build up pride within us, right, arrogance within us, kind of tickle our ego, we can't give in to those things. Because if we cave when we have a need, how is God going to trust us later on when he wants to give us more abundance? If we cave and go back to the world system when people start to fill us with pride, how can we be trusted when we had much? And what is the last of these temptations? Satan brings him up to the high mountain, to a very high mountain, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And Satan says to Jesus, all of this I will give to you if you will bow before me. Now, the interesting thing about this temptation is that Jesus is the Son of God. We know in Revelation, it says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God right? So all of these kingdoms, all these nations are part of Jesus's inheritance. They're already a part of Jesus's future. But what is this temptation? Hey, you don't have to face the cross. You don't have to go down this path that's laid out for you. If you bow down to me, turn away from God's ways of doing things, I'm going to give you a shortcut to that inheritance. Isn't that interesting? right? Don't worry about facing the cross. Just bow before me. And then all the kingdoms, just as are supposed to go to you, will already be yours. See, Satan was promising Jesus something that was already set aside for him. And so often with Christians, right, they receive a word from God, something supernatural, something amazing, right? Maybe I have this business set aside for you. Sometimes I have a spouse, a husband or a wife set aside for you, right? And then the temptation comes, oh, that husband, that wife, that business I'll give to you, but you need to bow down to the world system, right? It has compromised mixed in with it. Because then Christians think, oh, well, yeah, well, God, you said that you were going to give this to me. But God didn't say that we were supposed to compromise ourselves to receive that blessing. God didn't say that we were supposed to turn away from his ways of doing things to receive and manifest that prophetic word that he spoke over us. And so if you've received a prophetic word, if God has given you a promise and a temptation lays before you, an opportunity opens up to receive the thing that you've been hoping for, but there's compromise attached to it, but it requires you to be subservient and going back to the old ways of doing things, back to the sinful nature that is not from God. As we can see here in Matthew chapter 4, that's actually from the devil. Because that's just how the devil operates, right? He 
we'll dress things up in a way to where, oh, it looks so good, right? It sounds so good, but there is sin mixed in with it. Just as Jesus was already the Son of God, here Satan is promising him all the kingdoms of this world. So these are the temptations that Jesus faced before his ministry even started. And it was so important that he overcame these temptations, just like he overcame all the other struggles that we have to face as humans here in this world. He overcame all of them so that he can reach the fullness of his calling, which was going through his ministry, going to the cross, taking on our sins, and rising from the grave. See, and if Jesus had not overcome these temptations, then he could not have gone down that path. And when we compromise ourselves, when we fall into these temptations into the wilderness and we succumb to them, we have to go back through the process all over again. We are limiting what God can manifest in our lives when we do that. I want to turn to the story of Exodus because you see this, this theme of journeying through the wilderness, it's present throughout many stories in the Bible. Now in Exodus, we know the children of Israel were enslaved to the Egyptians. And we know that God performed many miracles to free the Israelites from slavery, right? They had the numerous plagues. They had the angel of death come in and kill all the firstborn, except for those that were protected by the Passover lamb, the blood from the Passover lamb. We know that God parted the Red Sea and they crossed over it on dry ground. God performed so many miracles to save the Israelites from slavery. And it's the same for us. Think of all the miracles that God performed to pull you out of your past situations, to resurrect your dead spirit, right? To save you from the death of sin, from those chains, from those bondage, whatever you were bondaged to in the past, God performed miracles. It is a miracle, right? That God saved you from that. But we know that the Israelites, shortly after coming out of Egypt, began to complain. And it says in Exodus chapter 16, The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came from the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, so, and just to put this in perspective, so the 15th day of the second month, so it's been a month and a half since they've left Egypt. That's not very long, okay? But they said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Imagine that, right? They're talking about going back to being slaves. Oh, man, if only we were still slaves, we could still eat at least, right? But I want you to notice this. What is this first thing that the Israelites are complaining about? They're complaining about a physical need, right? The very first temptation that the Israelites are facing is one based on their own physical need because as soon as they have a need they want to go back to the old system that they came from and how many christians struggle with this right god liberates them god frees them and as soon as 
there's a new need that comes up. They want to go back to the things that they knew in the past. They want to go back to the old systems because, oh, at least I knew how to get food then, right? At least I knew how to live then. And this is what's so important because this journey through the wilderness is God training us. That's why so often, you know, in our Christian walk, we feel like we have to relearn so many things. We have to re-educate ourselves just how to go about our daily lives because then we realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing this the wrong way this whole time. So here are the Israelites. They wanted to go back to being slaves just so that they could have some food. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And sometimes this is what God has to do is he has to see if he can trust us. Because understand, the Israelites were taken out of slavery. And where were they headed? They were headed to the promised land. This is a land with abundance, right? It was flowing with milk and honey. This is a land that they would have as their own. This is the land where they would live in abundance and according to his perfect will. That's where God wants to take them. That's where God wants to take each of us individually. He wants to take us to our promised land. So if God has said, I'm going to take you to this place, right, to this land that is set aside for you, and the first thing that you run into is some kind of need, don't let that be the thing that dissuades you. Because as the Lord said to Moses, he said, in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Because if you can follow God's instructions when you have not, then that means you're going to follow his instructions when you have abundance. God wants us to rely on him as our source. And we know that in this story with the Israelites, before the Egyptians were their source. That's why they wanted to go back, because at least they had food there. But what did God do for the Israelites? He rained down manna from heaven. He rained it from heaven. God was being the source for the Israelites, the source of their food. When they became thirsty... He brought water from the rock. He was the source of their food. He was the source of their water, right? They had the pillar of fire at night leading them. They had the pillar of cloud by day leading them through the desert. This is what God has to train us to do before we can enter our promised land. And the reason for this is because once we graduate those things, then we can start inhabiting the promised land. Because we know when the Israelites entered the promised land, what awaited them there? The promised land wasn't empty. It wasn't set up for them just to go and live. No, the promised land was overrun with giants that needed to be slain. There was armies that waited for them. There were fortified cities like Jericho. See, we have to trust God through the wilderness so that when we look at the giants, we're not going to shrink back in fear because that's what happened to the Israelites. They said, oh, but we're, we're like small insects in their eyes. How could we possibly take this land from them, right? They were not used to relying on God as their source. That's why God had to wait for a whole new generation before he can bring them into the promised land. Now, down to verse 19 of Exodus chapter 16. 
we know that God began to rain manna from heaven, and Moses gave them a set of instructions. In verse 19, it says, Moses told them, do not keep any of it, the bread, until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. And that's such a simple instruction, right? God's going to rain manna from heaven. Take only what you need. Don't keep any of it until morning. That's such a simple instruction. But many of the Israelites didn't listen. And so often God will give us such a simple instruction, right? And it feels like it's so hard to listen to it. It can't be that simple, right? It can't be that simple. Our flesh wants it to be more. And the other thing that God's doing here is remember that the Israelites, they were slaves. So any food that they could have, any morsels they could have, they would hold on to it, right? God, this is so wasteful, right? Look at all of this bread that's lying on the ground. Surely I should take some in case, you know, what if, what if there's not as much bread that rains tomorrow? I don't know. Or what if no bread rains tomorrow? You know, this doesn't happen every day, you know. So what the Israelites were doing was only practical. You know, sometimes you need to have some leftovers in case you don't have time to cook some food. But they received a very specific instruction. Don't keep any leftovers. That was their instruction. And sure, it doesn't make sense according to our ways of doing things. Sure, it doesn't make sense. But it's because God is training. Are we going to listen to his instructions or not? And notice that when we disobey, right? It's like it gets full of maggots and it begins to smell. We get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. God has to train us to be 100% reliant on him. So when the Sabbath approached, Moses gave them another set of instructions. He said, today, Friday, collect food not only for today, but for tomorrow as well, for there will be no food on the ground on the Sabbath. But it says in verse 26, you may gather food for six days, but on the seventh day is Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Verse 27, some people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. Here they are. You think they would have listened. You think they would have learned, right? The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions, and you can just hear his frustration, right? Man, these people, they just keep complaining. I brought them out of slavery, and they were complaining about food. I gave them food and told them not to collect extra, and they didn't listen. Let us not be like that, brothers and sisters. When God gives us an instruction, no matter how little it makes sense, no matter how much it conflicts with everything that we've known in the past, let us trusting God, because that is our preparation time to prepare for entering the promised land. Okay, because if God can trust you with those little things, he will trust you with much and much more. Because we as the body of Christ, we are being prepared to enter the promised land, to slay giants, to tear down strongholds, tear down high places, and establish the kingdom of God. And we have to graduate from these problems that we keep repeating over and over and over again. We have to graduate from them. And if we do that, let me tell you, God truly has miraculous things in store for us. Amen.
So we are running out of time, and I want to wish you again a belated happy Thanksgiving. Remember, and if you haven't already done this, I encourage you, just tell God. Talk to God one-on-one and tell him all the things that you're thankful for. You know, whether you want to write it down or whether you want to tell him. You know, this is part of the love relationship because you know that you like to be appreciated. You know that you like it when people tell you, you know, I'm really thankful that you've done this. God is the same, right? We get that from God. And in doing that and thanking for the things that he's done for you, you are building on that relationship with him. In addition, I also want to remind you of the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints 2019, okay? This is going to be December 31st at Freedom Fellowship Church here in San Antonio, Texas. Go to our website, SOGMI.org. It's only $25 per person to attend. Remember, the theme for this year is 2020 Vision in 2020. That is so exciting, brothers and sisters. Man, I am so excited for what God has in store for us and how God continues to mature the body of Christ. We see all the things that are going on in Washington, all the things that are going on in the media, that are going on in the technology sectors. God is paving the way for the body of Christ to move into a position of authority. He is paving the way to transfer wealth, influence, affluence, if we would listen and obey to God. So really don't forget to register for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints 2019. Go to our website, SOGMI.org slash events. You don't want to miss this event. God is truly doing miraculous, wonderful, supernatural things in all of our lives. So thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time.